0: Welcome to the Card Girls Rock Podcast. I had three kids. I could not go and sit in jail. Every now and again, if you hear my voice breaking, I'm going to be a bit emotional. I got into my car and I drove myself to the hospital that day. CGI. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Kyle Girls Rock Podcast. And I haven't done one of these in a while, it's been a minute. So I've been busy with a lot of things and yeah, the podcast just got sidelined a bit because I needed to figure out direction and all the rest of it. And one of the things that I've never done before is done a podcast on my own or done one of these episodes on my own. So this is going to be the first and we'll see how it goes. And if you like it or or it resonates with you, which I think it will, We'll do another episode because if I had to tell the story, like I was just telling Vula now, I would probably end up having to do this 25 minutes, 25 minutes, 25 minutes for a year just to get the story across. So I was I, I was in an article in the K.R. magazine that came out last week, and I didn't read this thing because as much as I'd done the interview, I just thought, you know, I don't want to actually read the story. But it was actually a very, very good article. Hated the picture. Loved the article. Um, And I realized that maybe if I told my story, more people would actually um, feel better about their own stories. Because we all need to hear that someone else went through the most when we are going through the most. And sometimes it's just easier to tell your story when someone else tells their story. So this is me. And this is probably going to be, every now and again, if you hear my voice breaking, I'm going to be a bit emotional. Because, if anything, what I'm going to tell you now was probably the hardest time in my life. And here we start. But anyway, I'm not going to cry. So 13 years ago, I went through a divorce. And, you know what, getting to the divorce is one part of the story, and then actually going through the divorce is another part of the story, and literally recovering yourself after that is just a whole entire lifetime of a story. But let's start with um, why I got divorced, because I'm not going to go into the whys, and and that's probably going to be the first question people are going to ask, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to speak about my ex, I'm not going to speak about what went wrong. Um, just a lot went wrong and I'm pretty sure there was fault on both sides. We won't ask for anybody else's opinion on that but yes there was it was a hard time in my life and I had a very high profile job at the time. I had three kids um, we were really we were doing okay financially because I, I really did have a very really good job. It was at the bank um, the blue bank, the dark blue bank anyway but it was very, very um, intense. And I had to be at work super early. I came home super late. And one tends to actually forget that you need to find some sort of balance. And in all of this, things went wrong. And yeah, you lose yourself. You become depressed. And I did go through a huge depression at the time. And besides going through corporate bullying, but that's another episode we'll speak about. But anyway, so... There was one day where you realize that enough is enough, right? And that you've just completely lost who you are. And you just need to change what's happening in your life. And that particular day, there was an argument. And guys, I was dressed so badly. Is that the thing I actually remember? I remember the crappest outfit that I actually own. I don't own it anymore. That day, I still remember exactly what I was wearing. I remember exactly where I was sitting. I remember exactly what went down. And um, that's actually quite strange for me because I don't remember a lot of what I went through, you know, in detail. And sometimes people remind me or they ask me about something, and I just can't remember it anyway. There was an argument, and it actually got, it flared up like it went from zero to 1,000 in a couple of seconds. And there was one point where I actually picked up a knife and guys, I'm a refined person. I don't know how to actually stab anyone, but I was going to try that day. And I realized I, I had three kids. I could not go and sit in jail. So instead I burst into tears. I got dressed, I got into my car and I left and I drove myself to the hospital that day. When I got to Garden City, I was crying so much that I could not actually speak. And Garden City had changed the way that they do things. So you needed to go to a place called, um, well, they, they referred everybody to what was then called Crescent Clinic, and it's now called Akiso. And that's where the psychiatrist and the psychologist and whoever sits. I got there, and I didn't have a psychiatrist, so I had to ask for one. And, yeah, this poor woman, I mean, she saw me. She's never seen me in her life before, and all I'm doing is crying. And she admitted me that day. And it's a three-week course, so you you they split it up into three week three different, like um, they focus on three different programs for the three different weeks that you're there. But you can also say you don't want anybody to see you. You know, you you control who has access to you and those type of things. I'm going to speak about that in another podcast. I feel that that is something that you know because. In all of that, I got diagnosed with acute depression and I had to go on to medication. And I'll speak about that journey at a later stage. I just want to get through the divorce part of it. Anyway, got, you see a psychiatrist um, every couple of days. They put you on meds, obviously. And then you see a psychologist every day. And then you also see um, therapists. You know, like there's just these group therapy sessions. Um, but yeah, it was in there that you actually start learning a lot about what is going on in your life where you actually need to take a step back how you need to slow things down and how you actually need to make a decision in terms of how you want to go forward and that is at that point where I decided that there was very little that could be saved from my relationship and again I'm not saying that it's all my ex's fault it wasn't it was definitely a lot to do with me as well I hadn't done anything wrong but I hadn't done everything right either So then, yeah, while I was in there, I filed for divorce. Guys, did I have the crappiest lawyer ever. So here's tip number one. Get a decent lawyer, okay? Once you've made this decision and you're going going to follow through with this, because a lot of us don't follow through, if you're going to follow through with this, Get a decent lawyer. Like, look around and see who of your friends have gotten divorced, who of your colleagues have gotten divorced, and specifically get a divorce lawyer. Do not just take any person that is actually bailing people out of jail or something like that. It's not a thing. You get a proper um, lawyer. You also need to realize that if it's not something that is agreed upon, like you know the both parties don't aren't ready for that particular step, you're gonna have a lot of um, you're going to have a lot of resistance, which means that the other person is going to be very angry and then they're going to go and get a lawyer and then there's going to be a lot of mudslinging. There's going to be rumors that you hear about yourself that you didn't know. Um, but you need to be strong for all of that, and you're not. You, you are at the point where I was. I was so broken. I was having a nervous breakdown. I was now on antidepressants. I was on sleeping pills. I permanently felt like I had cotton wool in my head, but I needed to actually go through this. And make no mistake, I this was 13 years ago, so it was a long time ago, right? But I still have scars from from this process. You and you will. I mean, I don't think anybody actually heals completely, but yeah, you have to heal at some point. So I went through the divorce. I remember your guys, my family was alienated from me. Nobody wanted to hear my side of the story because I just didn't feel the need to want to explain my side of the story. You know, there were so many rumors going around and so many people talking about me that there was no point in actually trying to explain to people who didn't really, at that point in time, get what I was going through. It didn't help to explain what I wanted to say and how I wanted to explain it because they were listening to one side of the story. And I'll tell you something. It got to the point where my ex was putting bank statements, and I still don't know who in the bank was giving him access to my accounts and things like that. But, you know, at the time it wasn't, I could have actually followed up. I could have gotten people de- um, fired because, you know, one thing that people that are listening to this who actually work in those kind of spaces should know is it doesn't matter who you know, it doesn't matter who's your friend, it doesn't matter who your family is. There's certain information that from a that is confidential that you're not allowed to share. But anyway, again, another, another conversation for another day. But anyway, so the day of my divorce, um, guys, Divorce Court is a cold, cold place. Eh? I always joke that you must go and look for the ones that, you know, the new stock, go and find them on a Friday at Divorce Court. But yeah, it's not really a thing. People need to heal first, but okay. The divorce court thing, I got there, I had forgotten my marriage certificate. Okay, so now I'm paying an, an advocate by the hour and I've forgotten my marriage certificate. So there's, there's certain documents that you need. Um, in between all of this, when I'm telling you my story, I'm just gonna throw in some tips as well in case you're going through all of this. When you speak to your lawyer, you need to have a settlement agreement. So, you know, the lawyers go back and forth in terms of what, the settlement is and at that point in time I had a really really bad lawyer and I was having a nervous breakdown and I was in a clinic so needless to say I did not fight for anything but you should um, remember you fighting for whatever assets there are if you're married in community or property you should share it and you should always be mindful of the interest of the children so whoever gets the children should definitely be getting um, be able to see to the kids financially, you know, put a roof over their heads, food on the table, you know, those type of things. And colored men in general, and yes now I'm actually targeting you, you guys don't look after your families when you leave. So you leave and it's like you've forgotten that you have children. You've forgotten that those little people still need to eat three times a day. You've forgotten that they need to go to school. You don't remember that they need to they grow and they need they need to need clothing. Besides your love and attention Which also seems to disappear like Mist before the sun But anyway So yeah, anyway, went through the divorce Got a really bad deal Because I didn't actually get a good lawyer I'm going to say that again Get a good lawyer Anyway, and then after that It was a matter of trying to Find yourself again Now, I'm, I'm a pretty strong person And I was that person before I got married But you know Somewhere along the line, kind of lost myself and didn't have the confidence I kind of have today. And it took me eight years, eight years to get to that point. Guys, in that time, I was stupid. I literally resigned from a really good job because, you know, things were were crazy at work. I had a boss who was a complete bully. And then I was going through everything at home and you know, they were giving you crap about time off and everything and eventually I just resigned, which I should ne- we should never do. If you do not have another job, do not resign. Like, you know, financially you need the, you need one thing to be going right in your life and the monthly salary coming into your account is the one thing that needs to be going right in your life. So yeah, don't resign guys ever when you're going through the most, find something else first. And then I moved, okay. Um, another problem i should never have moved but you know in all of that i'd actually all of this all of the stuff i'm mentioning now actually leads you to the point where you find yourself again so i'm not sorry i went through all of it i'm just saying that it's you make life harder for yourself sometimes than you need to actually make make it but anyway so i moved and i didn't have a job i was now moving back to my family um Half of them still believed the stories that they had heard of me because I didn't feel the need to speak up, remember? And I didn't want to. And you know, at some point, the only two friends I had were my little nieces. And they were like, I don't know, three and two at the time. So I had to, I kind of healed with my little nieces because they gave unconditional love, they didn't ask any questions. And, you know, you kind of, and I was still fighting for my kids at the time. So, yeah. Eventually, um, yeah, I don't know if I should skip through them because I can't remember everything that I went through in the, at the time. I just remember things were really bad at some point in time. But I remember making friends. And the friends that you make during this time, they are genuine friends. Um, they actually meeting you at your lowest. They're not judging you. And one of the friends that I met, I actually met in a kiso, <clears throat> And to this day, we still phone each other. And... When she's having a bad day, she'll phone me. When I'm having a bad day, I'll phone her. And she was honestly one of the best people that I've ever met in my life. That girl opened her home up to me. She was just there all the time for me. And to this day, like I said, Lynn is still there for me. And, yeah, you know, how do you not take into account that you make really good friends in the t- at the time when you're going through the most? The f- okay, here's another tip, guys. So when you get divorced all your friends disappear. That doesn't matter how good they were to you. It doesn't matter how good you were to them. It doesn't matter how often they were at your house. They disappear. They don't like getting involved. They don't like choosing sides. And when you wipe out your eyes, um, you don't have any friends. And that's actually very sad because you when you're going through this, you need your friends or you need people that are actually there in your, in your corner, even if it's just dry off your tears and you don't have any at that point in time. A lot of them that are not close, close to you um, and that are still married will think that you want their husbands. Guys, like ladies, if you're still married and you have divorced friends, I can honestly tell you sometimes you don't want your husband now. We also don't want them. Honestly, it's it's really not a thing. You don't have to worry about someone who's now newly divorced coming off to your husband. We didn't want our husbands. Why do we want your husband? Just a tip there, but anyway. So anyway, you tend to not have any friends. You don't have a social life. Well, you don't want a social life, but, you know, if you wanted to go for a bride or whatever, you now don't have anywhere to go to. So you make new friends. But it's fine. Make new friends. They're the genuine ones anyway. And... um Yeah, like I I went through a career change. I literally changed from being an IT manager and I became a marketing manager. And, you know, even now when the recruiters look at my CV, they go, how on earth? But like, I mean, there is some connection between being a marketing manager and being an IT manager in a way. And I think I do pretty well as a marketing manager. So I'm good. Anyway, so in case you were wondering how the kids took all of this. Kids take it harder than you think, guys. Yes, obviously, they're now in a situation where they don't understand. And my kids were pretty young, so they didn't understand. Um, but now, you know, later in life, you know, they, they, they get to see how my friends that had stayed with their exes or with their people and the ones that have um, the kids and the like, like, you know, like the kids that grew up in that situation, like they, they're not as resilient as mine are. Mine can climb a mountain in flip-flops and they'll be okay. Whereas, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, nurture your kids in a family that's first prize, but mine have become pretty resilient and I love that about them. You know, none of them are actually um, crazy or need therapy. Yeah, my, my daughter needed to go to a couple of counseling sessions but today she's probably a lot more like me than she should be because she's very, very strong willed. Um, yeah, so guys, you know what I I wonder what what I've just thrown back to? I don't know, you know, divorced ladies, do you find that you had one this thing, you know, you, you remember stupid things. Like you remember when you left, you didn't have good underwear and you didn't have good pyjamas. Like I had this one teddy bear pajamas, which is the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. But it was my most loved and prized possession at that point in time. And I cannot understand why. And yes, that is completely off topic. But you know what? We should really... When, you, when you're when married, like buy clothes, guys. Because when you leave, you don't have the money to buy clothes. And all of a sudden you realize you don't actually have nice underwear. And you don't have nice clothing. And it's really a problem. So financially, okay. You go from having a you, you know, two-income two, two home... Two income home and all of a sudden, you have one income or no income because you were stupid enough to resign your job. But, um, yeah, you make it work, eh? Even when you're getting 300 rand for three children as maintenance, you make it work. And today, my kids are like, my 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 eldest two are over 20 and my youngest is 15. And, you know, they're happy kids. There's a lot of laughter in our home. We absolutely... Like are the closest then i I don't know, I'm so close to my kids um i'm I'm scared of relationships, so there's, there's you know there's scars that you have like you know for for me, dating is hard because the minute somebody like actually alludes to becoming like you know like a permanent fixture, um no, I'll block him because I don't have space in my life for a permanent fixture because the last permanent fixture wasn't such a great idea, so yeah, I reckon one day, maybe. But also, I mean, at my age, am I really still looking for the one day, maybe? But anyway, I just wanted to go through the whole thing about how I got to the divorce, what actually happened. A little few little tips, like, you know, about if you're going through that part now, you know, what you should look out for. Um, make sure that you get a good deal, guys. Uh, you know, not a good deal. Don't take everything the man actually what has and owns and his soul is blood, and he's got to like actually deposit like a certain amount of blood every month. But um, find a way that is fair. And... The one thing that I loved about the family advocate, they kept saying, like, everything that you do in terms of your settlement should be in the best interests of your children. And I think we forget that when we're actually fighting. We forget that it should everything you do should be in the best interest of the child. And if I could actually speak to, you know, the men right now, and I would actually be speaking to not the good dads, because there are a couple of good dads. And let me tell you, when I date, the first thing I check is are you a present dad? Are you a good dad? Do you see your kids? Do you maintain your kids? Those are like non-negotiables for me. But to the guys that don't and that have excuses and they say, like, I don't earn enough money and she wastes the money and whatever, like take one month where you actually pay all the kids expenses and see what that is and see if she's still wasting the money or if, you know, you or if you're giving too much. Somebody on a different um, on a different platform the other day actually said his his um, his ex-wife expects him to pay a thousand five hundred rand for two children every single month, and she has a good job. I nearly died because it was like seven hundred and fifty rand a child. I mean. Where does your medical aid come in? Where does your school fees come in? Where does your school lunches come from? Where does their food come from, their clothing? It's just ridiculous for anybody to think like that. But, hey, it's part of divorce and part of a breakup, I guess. So, yeah, so anyway, then I got divorced, guys. And now I was here. I'm divorced. I then found a job, which meant coming back from Kimberley to Johannesburg, finding a way to actually... Make it work because now you don't have your you don't have anywhere to stay, so you've got to ask family or friends or whatever if you can stay with them for a month while you actually find a place and then try and find your feet. and Let me tell you, it takes you a long time to actually recover financially. <laughs> let me tell you, right? It is the hardest part of it is actually making the money stuff work. But like I said, it took me eight years and I was then able to not worry about, not that you don't worry about money, but you you, you can handle your finances. You can, um, you can see to the bare necessities, and that's all you need to concentrate on. If you can see to the bare necessities, worry about the, 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 the nice-to-haves later. So don't put too much pressure on yourself. Just as long as you can see that there's food, electricity, and lots of love, and they're warm, and they're alive. Keeping them alive is all that counts that's already a win. Then you're doing well. So if you are in a situation, and I'm I'm literally sharing all of this with you because I feel that it's stuff that we don't speak about, especially in the colored communities. We don't speak about this stuff. We don't tell you what to actually expect. Nobody tells you what they went through because by the time they've gone through it, they're just trying to heal. They're trying to forget what they've gone through. And I can honestly tell you that's literally a coping mechanism. But yeah, so... I'm going to like basically probably cut off here because I feel that, you know, by the time you actually, but I'll tell you now that I have three very, very um, happy kids and they can manage their lives. They don't have unrealistic expectations of getting a call for their birthdays and those type of things. It's nice to have, but they know what is important in life. And we are such a happy family. Like, you know, we sit and we laugh and everybody's like comes and sits in my room and sometimes it's most irritating because, you know, sometimes you also just need time out. But they'll come and sit in my room and they'll talk and they'll 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 laugh and those are the things that give me joy. Like even coming here today, when I was leaving home, I said, Okay, I'm going and my youngest was Tyler, who's fifteen jumped up and said, okay, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to studio. And he said, oh, okay. And I said, do you want to come with? And he was like, yeah, let's go. And he's sitting playing games um, on his phone or chatting to his friends or whatever, but he's here. And when we leave here, I'm gonna take him for lunch and all the things. All of those things count. Like spending time with your kids. That's what counts. There's little things that don't count. Um, the fights, the slinging, those type of things. It's not necessary block that person. Because I find that if I don't have to speak to you, it's easier for me to deal my own drama than to actually deal your drama because you know people always say your lived realities are different. So what if my ex had to do a podcast now, his reality of what went on was probably completely different from mine, but I don't need to know that. so he's moved on. our lives have carried on I haven't I don't really I haven't I haven't got a new person in my life. But um, our lives have moved on. So, you know, his life is completely separate from our lives, and I'd like to keep it that way. So I don't, we don't have any contact, Um, not via phones, not via emails, not via, like, pigeons, nothing. Smoke signals, nothing. So that just makes it easier for me to deal. And as for... Um, The kids, they have access. Yes, full access to my kids. I do not keep my ex away from my kids at all. And that's something that you guys shouldn't do either. Don't keep them away. Like, you know, if that person messes up that relationship, let him mess it up on his own. Let them mess it up on their own. Because, I mean, there's a lot of females that are a lot of guys that are probably listening to this right now and probably in the same situation. Let the other parent deal their relationship with the kids. That's their responsibility. It's got. Absolutely nothing to do with you, except they should have access to your kids, unless they actually hurt those kids. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else right now, but I mean, I, I, I'd like to speak about all the other things. And when we put this up, I'm going to open up the conversation to all the ladies and the guys that have gone through these relationship issues and a divorce and whatever, because I'm sure there's some some tips that they could give you as well that I haven't covered But um, yeah, so let me know if you want us to do this again. Like I said, this is the first time I've actually spoken this much on my own in on a podcast. But like I said, I thought it was important and hopefully you guys think so, too. So let's see if it actually works and if you guys want to hear some more, because guys, I forgot to even tell you, I even got scammed in all of these in that eight years, somewhere along the line, I even got scammed. So there's a lot of Horrible people, and maybe we should speak about scammers and how being vulnerable actually opens you up to these ass peoples I don't think I'm supposed to say that, but anyway whatever so <laughs> the way I'm getting such an amused look, but anyway, so anyway, thank you guys. I think this was um, probably part of my healing journey as well, just maybe speaking about it without crying and hey, kudos to me, I didn't cry so. This was the Colored Girls Rock podcast. I'm Shan, I run the page. And, um, yeah, there's a lot more that's going to be coming from the page pretty soon. But, yeah, I think one of those things would be actually me getting a little bit more open about who I am and maybe sharing some of the things that I've gone through so that we actually all learn and grow from it.